listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How you doing? You got a banana there, I see, and it's uh, a little on the ripe side, frankly. I'm, I definitely eat that fast. They, they ripen fast these days with the internet and everything. Yep. Mm, you're eating it, Mickey. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it's delicious. Yeah. It's deeply, it's deeply symbolic, Bob. I'm afraid to ask of what, but of what? Okay. No. Well, this will be a clue. Uh-huh. Sort of. Who is this man? You always do this to me. Beats this me. Is not Bradley, if, this, yeah. this is not Bradley Cooper playing Leonard Bernstein. Okay, good. Uh, we've ruled that one out. Close call. I almost said that. But thank you. Thank you for eliminating that. I have no idea. Hello. He looks like someone who's long dead and uh, could have used He's a dead. little work. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Around the eyes, maybe? He could have used a little um, work. Uh, it's Judge Julius Hoffman, Bob. Remember him? Oh, in the, uh, like the 1970, wait, is he the one who was killed at the Marin County Courthouse? No. No. That was a different judge. But this was the same era. This was like the hippie era, Judge Hop. No, the trials of, he tried, tried the Chicago 7? No, yes. the Chicago, yes, you he tried the veered, Chicago you know, 7. Veered intellectually into the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, okay. ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. Thank you. So, um, Thank you. And my point is, the Chicago yeah. 7 Mm-hmm. It started out as eight, then it went to seven. Uh, was a conspiracy trial on some flimsy charges. Uh, the, they they were acquitted on most of the, on the conspiracy charges. There were a couple of other things they were convicted of. These were people who went to Chicago allegedly as part of a conspiracy to incite a riot. Um, mm-hmm. Jerry Rubin, Abby Hoffman, John Freund, a bunch of people. Uh, Led to a good song by free, Graham Nash, right? Graham Nash song. Do you want me to sing that now? Sure. No, that's more of a fair room thing. We'll save that. But it was good. No, good people song. love that. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, and it, so it was a disaster as a prosecution. And did it stop the anti-war movement? No, the anti-war movement got stronger. Okay. I see where you're headed with this, Mickey. Uh, so this week, I think we didn't discuss it last week, the Atlanta indictment of Trump dropped. And I think it's weaker than the Jack Smith indictment, which itself is pretty weak. And I think it will eventually prove to be a disaster that will only strengthen the Trump movement because it'll be a sort of slow motion train crash. Now it's, uh, and and I can explain why, okay? Why don't you? Uh, Before you do though, I would say there's one thing I like about it. As you know, I think these indictments are all a bad idea. Uh, even leaving aside the question of whether uh, he's because, guilty. Because, Bob, they he probably is turn America something. into a banana republic. Banana republic. Oh, it's all coming together. All the symbolism is hitting me at once, Mickey. It's overpowering. But let me just say, it's, the one thing I like about the Georgia case is you got that classic great snippet of does. Trump on tape saying to the Secretary of State of Georgia, I just need you to find me 11,000, however many hundred. He has the exact number. So like, it's, you know, I mean, there's kind of no doubt he's not talking about real votes that are out there. He's just, he's just saying, this is the number that will give me the, that's the number well, I want. Okay. Well, Alan and then, Dershowitz and then, say, and then Raffensperger says uh, to, to debunk one of Trump's claim of fraudulence, he says, oh, wait, I'll send you a link. It'll show you that this was legit. And Trump says, no, I don't want to see a link. I don't want to see a link. Well, the, great the point is he's, he's making a claim of fraud. 
And mm-hmm. as you know, it, it, it's similar to a call, you know, Al Gore might have made or somebody associated with Al Gore in 2000 saying, you know, we're behind by 5,000 votes. We think there, we think there are 5,000 Gore votes out there, which there were actually. He was right. Uh, he would have been right. And uh, and we just need 5,000 of them. And, and that, that wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been a crime. Alan Dershowitz makes a very good point, which is, a, uh, which I'm reluctant to concede. But uh, uh, but he says he was on the Gore team that fought the 2000 election. They did virtually a, a lot of the things that Trump did. They talked, they tried to talk people into opening up you know, new, new tranches of voters and disqualifying bad ones and counting some votes that were on the butterfly ballot for these people, for some other people. And uh, and they had fake electors. They had a panel. They had a, they, they had a slate of alternative electors, as does everybody, apparently, who challenges uh, a, a presidential election because it worked once in 1960. So they give it a try. Um, and they're worried that if they win the lawsuit, then there won't be any electors to stick in. So uh, he had the fake electors, and so why? What is the difference between what Trump did and what, you know, uh, he and hypothetically Al Gore might have done in two thousand? Uh, it's 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 hard to point to anything. Anyway, let me let me talk about this indictment. Okay, this indictment is a is a RICO indictment. Okay, right. And I'm relying on I'm relying on Ken White Popat's description. And so first what, of all, do we in? relish do we relish the irony of Giuliani being one of the people indicted on a RICO thing? That's great. No, we don't. Okay, it's sorry. Cheap left wing irony. We we don't oh, care. Sorry, about that. I was, we only bad. care about cheap right wing irony. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, uh, it's a RICO indictment, and for a RICO indictment, it, you have to have uh, a conspiracy to do a bad thing. The bad thing seems to be uh, to. Uh, to change the result of the presidential election in the wrong way. The very first, the very first sentence of the indictment is, you know, Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. Okay. Now already we're in sort of trouble because there are a lot of people who think Donald Trump didn't lose the 2020 election. And could you prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump did lose? I'm not so sure. You certainly wait a second. Can I interject something? Can I interject something? Can I interject something? The definition of the person who lost a given presidential in America is the person, you know, whatever Congress says. If Congress certifies a given person the winner, that person won the election. So it actually is an historical fact. You know, an historian would state without fear of contradiction that Joe Biden won the election because Congress certified it. You could read it both ways. It's not clear that that's the sense she means. Uh, Because she's talking... Remember, this is all before January 6th. This is all Trump trying to change the legitimate result. The legitimate mm-hmm. result under your definition wasn't certified until later. Uh, this is this is are when you are you one of the people who think he didn't win the election? That Biden no, I think he the won election? the election. But could I prove it beyond a reasonable doubt? I have a very high standard for what beyond a reasonable doubt is. Anyway, you must, it's weird. You must. It's a little weird that that is the crime. OK, that is the that is the illegal goal that this conspiracy is is going towards. And to, then there are two t- sorts of things that she cites in the 180 or so acts. One is uh, overt acts, which can be completely legal, like sending a text to, uh, you know, to, to Brad Raffensperger saying we should talk about the election or talking to Brad Raffensperger about the election or or get, you know, getting John Eastman on the line. They're overt acts. 
you need an overt act for a conspiracy, it can be illegal. That's, it could be a legal act. That's fine. But then it, all, you, it also has to be racketeering. So you also have to have some illegal acts. And as you know, I think that's a really good requirement that I don't think you should, you should punish Trump for just trying to reverse the results of an election unless you can show he did something illegal, okay? Like, so wait, let like me be clear. You're saying- threaten, threaten somebody physically or something. You're saying in addition to her asserting, the prosecutor asserting that the end toward which the conspiracy was aimed is illegal, and in this case, I'd say it is fraudulently overturning an election. I mean, if the, if the actual outcome of the election was A, and this person wants to install, you know, someone other than the legitimate winner, I would say that's a bad act. But are you saying that that question aside, there have to be acts committed, you know, in, in the furtherance of that end that are in themselves illegal? Is that required? As a, in, in order to qualify for a RICO conspiracy prosecution, if I read Hope Hat correctly, that is right. Okay. In other words, you could say, I want to kill the king. Let's all get together and kill the king, okay? And somebody mm -hmm. goes out and buys a, a bag to carry the knife, to, you know, to carry something evil to kill the king. Mm -hmm. That's the overt act. But you also, you also need racketeering. It's a, this is a mob law, remember? So you got you to gotta have some mob law. So a conspiracy to murder someone is not indictable so long as they didn't like steal the gun they were planning to. No, it's indictable, but it's not indictable under RICO. I guess that's okay. The okay, under it RICO, it could still okay. be it could still be illegal if there was an overt act, but to qualify for RICO, mm -hmm. which lets them bring in all these people and hold everybody responsible for the actions of everybody else, I think you need a racketeering thing. I think that's I think we've veered into the truth. Um, okay. So to qualify for RICO, she needs uh, some sort of. Uh, you know, illegal racketeering type thing. And she only has, all she has to rest her hat on is two cases of uh, perjury, okay? But they're really minor people, okay? There's like, it's not Trump committing perjury, and perjury under oath, okay? She has a lot mm -hmm. of people lying, but lying's not a crime. Under oath, it's a crime. She has two people lying under oath, she charges. One is the woman in Coffee County who, where the, where the pro-Trump people managed to get a hold of the, pro, the Dominion voting program, mm -hmm. and supposedly she was on the board and let them do it, and she lied. She supposedly lied about how long she was there, or what rooms she was in, and et cetera, et cetera. And there was some other guy who lied about, he said, oh, I didn't put Trump into contact with Eastman, and he did put Trump into contact with Eastman. So trivial, relatively trivial lies by trivial people, and she imputes that because of the RICO conspiracy law to everybody else in the conspiracy. So everybody is guilty of RICO because these two minor leaguers uh, perjured Wait, themselves. they lie to? Lying, lying isn't illegal. Unless like hearings. Oh, hearings. Hearings. Under oath. Okay. Where they were sworn under oath. That's bad. Um, That's bad. And then she has some fraud charges, but all the fraud charges relate to the fake electors. So okay. if you, you know, and the fake electors, it's very questionable because they, they had a press conference. And they said, we're only signing these things in the contingency in case we win the lawsuit. That, that declares the you know these results fraudulent, and here we are. Here we're we're, we're establishing our alternative electors slate. There's nothing sort of nefarious about it. Yet she's charging them with fraud. Okay, I just think that's a pretty slim read to hang your hat on for a massive conspiracy charge against the ex-president. I'm sorry, that just seems weak. Uh, so um, you could be I, right. I, uh, that that's, and I think the judge is going to lop off 
unless they get a, you know, the judge is a newbie judge, I think, is going to lop off some of these minor characters uh, who didn't do anything wrong. And she's saying, well, because this other minor character lied, you're going to go to jail. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it may, it may, the whole case may collapse. Okay. But uh, the, the other problem is it's a state law case. Okay. That means Trump can't pardon himself because it's state law if he wins. Uh, but it's sort of, it's sort of onerous in that there are like five or six states that could bring the similar lawsuit. So you could tie up a opposition presidential candidate for years and mm -hmm. basically knock him out of a race by lawsuits, by, by criminal prosecutions, all of which you would lose. And that's sort of unfair. The, the you know, that, it, that is very banana Republican. Uh, we, we charge you and we don't, we can't prove you're guilty, but we take up so much of your time and cost you so much of your money that you're not a candidate anymore. That's that's a bad thing to do in a democracy. Yeah, so that's that's my well, line on the Fannie Willis case. My my position, as you know, is I'm not a fan of the indictments just because of their kind of uh, consequences for the future of the republic. Um, Trump did something so egregiously wrong that I don't. You know, he tried to subvert the constitution. He tried to subvert the very republic. I don't really feel a need to split hairs over what laws he may or may not have broken. He's a completely bad person, you know. Uh, he shouldn't be president. Um, he, he, I'm sure somewhere in there there's something he should be in jail for. I just, I just don't favor I, indicting him. Among all these I, indictments, I, I, I have no doubt that there's a plausible one, but uh, I, I don't think I agree that idea. he's a bad person who shouldn't be president and he tried to uh, subvert the election in any way he could. But I think he tried to subvert the election in any way that would keep him out of jail. Uh, oh, I don't think line. he even thought about and, that. I don't think he even thought about that. Oh no, because if, if if you were if you were if you didn't care about that, you would threaten Raffensperger with more than I know there's fraud and you know we have to do the right thing here. You would say, I don't care if there's fraud. Give me those votes. If you got if you got any of these guys saying well, Mickey, we know those votes went to Biden, I want to cancel Mickey, them and give them to Mickey, Trump come on. explicitly, then they would be guilty. But they were careful. It's all the line, and it matters what you say in these cases. Mickey, he was obviously trying to do exactly, he was trying to exert as much force as was, as a practical matter. As was at, legal, at, yes, that's exactly no, what he was doing. No, as was at his disposal. If he had thought it would have helped to say, I'm going to have somebody break your arm, he would have said it. And, and in fact, we have plausible, we have good reason to believe that he had somebody call Stormy Daniels and threaten her child, okay? But uh, but he would have done it. But he knows damn well you can't do that to the Secretary of State of, uh, State of Georgia. He may be recording no, they, the call, for example. They, they talked to hundreds of people, and oh, give me a very break. few. That's silly. very few charges. There's one. There's one poll worker who supposedly was threatened by somebody. I'm not who saying. I'm not saying that's not an issue. That's not an issue. I'm 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 saying this one thing. He used every bit of force that, as a practical matter, he thought was at his disposal in that conversation. He couldn't threaten physical force. He couldn't do all kinds yeah, of things because he's not talking to some to Joe Schmo here. He's talking to a guy who knows what knows what the score is. And so he did what he could. He made, you know, he 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 was as thuggish as he could get away with. Okay. I think I think he did. I think he did. And and as we know much force this guy as he will thought break he could get away with. He's he thought he could get away, with, le get away he with legally. And remember, Giuliani was on that conversation and Giuliani knows what the law is. And he was very careful not to, to try not to break the law. OK, well, Giuliani so may have been. 
Look, Trump has broken the law. He was on the conversation. Mickey, he's broken tax laws. I'm not saying Trump hasn't broken the law. I'm not saying Trump is a good guy. What are you saying? saying, What are you saying? in, In this, he did not... He set out to subvert the Constitution as much as he could get away with legally. And the question is, did he go over the line? And we lawyers like to split hairs. And it matters where the line is. And did he go uh, over it? That's I think not, there's some cases where he may have gone over the line, but this is not one of them. That's a great argument for you to have. It's not what I'm talking about. You're you're saying that in, in this, you're saying that... Uh, he the, the, where he drew the line in trying to subvert the republic was he wouldn't break the law. And I'm saying no. Where he drew the line was in not wanting to be caught breaking the law. If he had thought that Brath Raz and uh, whatever his name is wasn't recording, that he was sure he wasn't recording the call, he thought he was the kind of guy who would have folded, he would have done what he apparently did with Stormy Daniels, which is uh, make physical threats. He, he totally people, would have. People, this guy's completely people who, obey the, people who obey the law because they're law-abiding and people who obey the law because they don't want to be caught breaking the law. That's the same behavior. It's the same line. We have no way of distinguishing the two cases. I don't see why this argument is important. I mean, the uh, question is, does she have the, does let does this prosecutor in Atlanta have the goods on Trump? And I don't well, think she does. Again, Jack, that's not what I'm arguing. Say, that's not what I'm say, arguing. Let me see. I'm not let arguing about that. Okay, well, that's what I was arguing. Jack Smith, uh, you know, I, when I was thinking about Jack Smith, okay, I think he has a stronger case because, you know, first, his case is narrowly focused. It's not a broad conspiracy. I don't know if that's good or bad, but he only has four counts and, you know, and he's only directed at Trump. Uh, uh, if he could show that, you know, his, his he got, like, here's a classic example of the difference between the two prosecutions. Jack Smith goes out of his way to say that these fake electors did nothing wrong. They were told that they were only contingent electors if they won the lawsuit. But the problem was that Trump took these lists and turned them into something else and some sort of alchemy and gave them to Pence and said, these are the real electors. Okay, Willis in Atlanta indicts all those people and is going to throw them in jail. The people that Jack Smith went out of his way to say were innocent. Okay, that's the Mm -hmm. difference between these two prosecutions. The if Smith could show that somehow Trump, uh, you know, presented these thing, these electors as the real electors in some sort of way that creates a clear line he shouldn't have crossed, that'd be, that'd be okay. If Trump had said, I know these are fake electors, you know, you have to give it to these, I, I know these electors are, you know, should go to Biden, but give them to me, that would be illegal. If the, if you have the timing of his call right, and he said, go, Mike Pence is a bad guy because he intended them to go kill Mike Pence to obstruct this proceeding, that would be probably, I, I could see that that was over the line, okay? Uh, so he's going to have a trial, we're going to see. The, what I've seen of the timing of that call, it's very ambiguous whether it was before or after uh, he knew that people were in the building. You mean the tweet or the uh, call? The, the... the tweet, sorry, the tweet. Um, yeah, well, I don't uh, think it matters so whether he wanted to get Mike. Like I don't think it, I don't think it matters whether he wanted to get Mike Pence killed. I think it matters whether he wanted to create enough ruckus to obstruct the congressional proceeding. And 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 in that sense, it doesn't really matter as much whether they were in the building or trying to break into it. If he wanted to rile them up, and and he thought there was a proceeding going on in the building that he wanted to impede, then you know, seems to me he got a pretty strong case. That's, yeah, that, but that's just harder. That's a just a harder case to make than if they're running down the hall 
Uh, and he says, go to Mike Pence's office. He's a bad guy. Yeah, okay, well, he, uh, he knew. Yeah, that, so. It, I, I think he knew that. Uh, it's just a harder He was watching cable TV, which was showing them in the building, as I recall. But anyway, we've, we've argued about that. Look, I don't even, I mean, as for this indictment, I don't know, beats me. I, I yield to you on all legal issues related to it. I didn't bother no, to I, even read that stories. We got so many indictments floating around. Um, you know, it's like at I this point, I don't think it matters politically much if you throw another indictment on and uh, legally, well, who knows? It, it sort of becomes overkill and uh, it certainly helped Trump, uh, you know, in the in the primary. And the his the new Trump angle, which is which which is innovative, is you have to vote for Trump because it's the only way to keep this wonderful man out of jail. Okay, that's an explicit uh, a pitch that's being made to Trump's base is vote for Trump not because you want it to be president, because otherwise Biden's going to throw him in jail. Okay, and if he's president, they can't do that somehow because he'll put off the trial or call off the trial or pardon himself or do something. Uh, so. Um, uh, that's um, a, a negative effect of of you know of this plethora of of cases against him. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be much better if they narrowed it to one and did it before the election. I agree. Um, it's a mess, but it'd be better uh, even it'd be better if they didn't do any of them and just focused on what a bad guy Trump is. So, is there a Republican debate this week? Republican debate next week on the twenty third. I believe that's Wednesday, maybe. That's uh, a and, mere five days away. Uh, so that's this coming and, week. So uh, Trump, we think, is not going to show up. We don't know for sure. This morning, Maggie Haberman reported that Trump has decided not to show up, but uh, nobody thought he was really going to show up anyway. He's going to have he has an interview with Tucker Carlson to compete with the debate on the theory that this will bigfoot the debate and nobody will watch the debate. Everybody wants to watch him and Tucker Carlson. I'm not so sure about that, but um, uh. Anyway, the, the the other big news, the 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 other news that happened is, uh, well, first DeSantis hired the the most famous Democratic debate coach to prep him. Uh, second, who's that? Uh, you know, some I think his name is O'Donnell. I don't know. It's a political mm -hmm. article about him. Uh, the second, uh, the uh, second thing is, you know, he has this super PAC. Okay, he is stupidly put all his money in this super PAC that's controlled by this guy who is the former Cruz advisor. You know how that, well that turned out. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this Cruz guy is spending all his money and he doesn't really control it. And the way, and they, they can't coordinate, okay, in private, okay? So, you know, Jeff Rowe could give a big speech saying, Jeff Rowe, the super PAC guy, saying, this is what the Senate should do in the debate. And DeSantis could listen to the speech and do, take orders from Jeff Rowe if he wanted. But then that would tip off all the other campaigns to what DeSantis was going to do. So uh, they try to do it secretly by posting it in tiny fine print on the back pages of their websites. Oh, I wondered. And so, and so Rowe did this and somebody found it. OK, not that hard to find his enemy. The, the opponents found it. So now everybody knows what the instructions were. And the instructions were pretty hack, okay? The instructions were, um, you know, look uh, at the camera. No, there was, uh, it was, uh, you know, re restate your positive visions at least three times, okay? When Christie attacks Trump, defend Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, hammer, hammer Vivek Ramaswamy, who's rising in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, take a sledgehammer to him 
and it suggested calling him Vivek the fake or fake Vivek. There's that a creative quite rhyme. That doesn't quite rhyme. Yeah. Trump would do it, better. Yeah. I think. I think I think he should say you should perform a Vivek section on him. How about that? That would be good. Or just do uh, like go, the debate go would be called go street brawler on him and say I'm going to Vivo section your ass. Just say that on TV. <laughs> That's Vivek section. Vivek anyway, section um, your ass, yes. Uh, the uh, and and, and um, he this is uh, he he also went on Ann Coulter's show and did an interview with her. Who did? And of course, who did DeSantis? DeSantis, okay. It's only audio, unfortunately, but it's on her website. Mm -hmm. And her point is, she should not take any of these idiots' advice and just focus on crime, immigration, and his success at at COVID. And uh, I think that's better advice. I mean, you know, he's good. He's appealing when he talks about policy, like the policy nerd that he is. Uh, he's not appealing. Uh, Sort of in other contexts, when he's doing all these holster things that are, uh, you know, that that the the uh, his handlers recommend mm. that are seemingly sort of insincere. Uh, a good example is on immigration. Okay, he he has a very strong position on immigration. He's for remain in Mexico, building the wall, e verify all the all the tough things. He's for, but then uh -huh. he has to add, and we're going to declare war on the cartels, and if they keep bringing fentanyl into America, we're going to lay them out, okay? And that's sort of something that uh, you would- you would A little Duterte-ish, you know, if you ask me, right? Does he mean by lay them out, he mean, didn't, didn't DeSantis get into, did he, is that, the, is that the case where it sounds like he just wants to gun them down without trial or even apprehension? Well, this was he, a, re, a, a, a reprise of that. This, I, yeah, yeah. Know, this was him he adding it because he obviously thinks that's what will appeal to people. Somebody has told him, that's right. what will appeal uh, to people. Not did the, very well. Not in the, the things that will actually close down the border, but starting a war with Mexico. Yeah. I just think that's idiotic. He should, mm. you know, he should be I a have, nerd. He should do actually, actually say the right thing. I have two questions about him. Uh, and you're in position to answer both. One is, does he sleep in that blue vest? All of a sudden, I don't see a picture of him without that that blue vest on. Okay, that's the first question. The second question is, don't you think you should give up on him? You've been talking about him every week for the last decade or so. He's He does only worse and worse. I just looked at a poll where like Chris Christie's at 9%, Vivek is at 9%, and DeSantis is in that neighborhood. I mean, Mickey, well, the, he, Mickey, he, give up. He has been doing well in the polls. But, uh, oh, except for that, uh, he's got a great Dan, shot. Dan Balls, Dan Balls wrote a very good article, and he's the dean of the Washington Press Corps, Bob. Uh, wrote a very good article in the Post saying, that basically saying, you know, the people in Iowa are for Trump, but they actually really like DeSantis and he's head and shoulders in terms of his performance above the rest of the pack. Uh -huh. So, uh, uh, yes, we shouldn't write him off and take him. We should take him seriously. He's been a successful governor of one of the largest states in the union in time of crisis. He got votes from all over the place. Uh, so of course you should take him seriously. Mickey, no, he got votes from he got votes from Democrats and a lot of votes from Republicans. The three the theoretical argument for DeSantis is just of increasingly little interest to me as it becomes clearer that it's not working. It's not working. You you can say whatever you want about him. It's like they're not into you, Ron. At this point, you would say Gary Hart wasn't working either. I mean, it all depends what happens after the. Oh yeah, but New then Year we have the Hart presidency, right? I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you talking about? Well, we we almost just because he didn't know what what that Wendy's hamburger commercial was. Uh, the uh, I think we wasn't almost it had more, the heart uh, presidency. Wasn't it Donna he, Rice he won, that did him in? He, no, he's no. That was the next time he ran. He's oh. he, in in eighty four. He swept New Hampshire in a landslide okay. upset. Okay, he, his, the wildfire spread to a whole bunch of other states, and Mondale only stopped him later by saying, "Where's the beef?" And oh, in yeah. a debate, and 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 that's sort a of reference the key to line a commercial. Turned it around current. to a Wendy's commercial, right? Yeah. So, so uh, can I? And then he started fumbling, and he, he wound up wound up losing. Here's a question: How much note should we Fairly. take of the fact that Christie did do well in this poll? Because here's the thing about Christie. On the one hand, he is the Antichrist. He's a total thug. That that Fort Lee thing, I think, speaks directly to his actual nature. A. B, I was reminded the other day when he did a foreign policy riff, he is a hardcore neocon. He's like the most dangerous guy foreign policy-wise probably running on, on either ticket. There's just not a war he wouldn't get us into. But the, all know. that said, all that said, whenever I see him, I think, why doesn't he do better? He comes off as authentic. He's he's clever. He's smart. He, he's got that regular guy thing down. He, he, you know, he's, he, you really are convinced he's leveling with you. None of that phony politician bullshit. This is the real thing. So why does A, why hasn't he done better? And B, is he now actually finally catching fire? Well, the real thing is that a beast egomaniac. Remember his. Remember his. I, I've talked about this. His, his, uh, you know, big speech at the convention, which was supposed to introduce Romney. His keynote was all about Chris Christie and his mother and his boyhood. You barely know. You thought Chris Christie was running for president, so it was idiotic. Uh, he and that will come out eventually. He's good when he's attacking Trump. There is a possibility that he becomes the vehicle for anti-Trump votes. I mean, somebody yeah. is going to become that vehicle. I thought it was DeSantis. It could be. You know, it, it, but it could be Christie in New Hampshire. Could be, could be. Uh, he's not doing well in Iowa, and you know the, nah, he's the a little too Jersey for that. Thinking, sorry, he's a little too Jersey for Iowa. I think everybody's like, too you, Jersey. You, for you know, Iowa. you give that guy you're, a corn dog, and it's like, get serious, man. No, he can he eat a corn, a corn dog. dog. He'll eat anything. That one on the street. What? He'll eat a corn dog, and he'll eat your hand. He'll eat anything. Have you seen the guy? He said. <laughs> he said. He's had that stomach surgery, okay? Yeah. Didn't work. Okay. He's he's transcended the stomach surgery. Anyway, um uh traditionally, if you do badly in Iowa, then that sort of drags you down in New Hampshire a couple of weeks later. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily applies anymore. Uh hey, he could do well. I agree. I, I don't want it to be president because, you know, he he's made some crucial bad decisions and he's an infantile egomaniac. Okay. I mean, okay. Uh, the bad, the crucial bad decision he made was voting for immigration amnesty through his uh, cat's paw senator in uh, in the Bush administration. Okay, but enough about who was a threat to Trump. Let's talk about who was a threat to Biden. How do we get Biden off of this ticket? Uh, I, here's my latest. This is just strictly like game theoretical. Okay. Now, first of all, as we said last week, we got this Dean Phillips guy who. This representative, Democratic re representative from Minnesota, who's saying, well, I'm not going to run myself, but I could run and somebody should run. He is supposedly trying to talk like Gretchen Whitmer into running or something. But anyway, here's my thinking. Like, no Democrat wants, no, no Democrat with a chance to win wants to be the one who stood up and said, I'm challenged, stands up and says, I'm challenging right. Biden, right? 
Nobody wants to do that. Right. So here's what you right. do. You have a secret agreement. It's almost like a conspiracy, except it's legal. You get three people, kind of prominent, uh, Gretchen Whitmer and, and a couple of others. And here's what they secretly agree to. Okay? This is beautiful. So first of all, it's it ha they emerge gradually. Okay? So they create talk. Like somebody asked them, like, would you run? And they say, oh, look, it's Biden's thing. And they said, well, what if other people got in the race? Would you run? And they said, well, that's a hypothetical, but who knows? I mean, if it became an open race, who knows? So these three people are just more and more talking like they may run. And then one of them finally says, I may launch an exploratory committee. The point is, this all happened so gradually that it's not even clear which one of them did take the plunge. A and B, they agree. This is the other part of the uh, non-conspiracy conspiracy. They agree that at point X in the primaries, whichever one of them has more uh, votes than the other two is the one they all get behind. The other two drop out. They endorse that one. Boom. No more Biden. What do you think? Uh Biden, I think well, you can't sneak up on Biden with three prominent Democrats. I think he'll be, uh, he's on guard against that. Look well, at what he, he, look at what he did. What's he going to do? He's going to say, he's going to have every other Democrat in the country call them and say, you're through in national politics if you go through, if you don't shut up about this. How's he going to Look at what he did that? to the Kennedys. The Kennedys are an independent dynasty. He got every fucking Kennedy except Bobby Jr. to denounce Bobby Jr. I mean- well, that's not I mean, a very that's impressive. That's not a very big ask. I mean, Bobby Jr.'s, you know, there were a lot of Kennedys. <laughs> I didn't even know he did that, but that's because they're there may have been he, there may have been some who didn't do. That. That's because they're thinking he's going to be the president again, or may well be. But the less it looks like that, well, everybody's that looks thinking. Even, if I had a bet, if I had a bet right now, who is our next president? I would say it would be Biden. He, right, but a, if you're one of these three you know, people engaged in this conspiracy, well, you know the odds aren't that high because you're part of the conspiracy. This has got to happen, Mickey. We got to we got to get uh, rid of this guy. He's the only way it works is if you get if you get the top twenty people. To condemn him, that his party has revolted against him, and he couldn't Mickey, withstand it. Almost and everyone wants this to happen. Most Democratic voters say they do not want him to be the candidate, and he's the incumbent. He's their incumbent. They don't want him. Most politicians don't want him. It's just that everybody's afraid to say it. The guy is a disaster. He's not you know, fit to I, be president I'm for not. another five years. He's not. But he's not going to make it another five years. That's my but point. I, I think he's I think he's fit now. And I think there are Democrats who worry, uh, you know, who do we got who can beat Trump? Uh, uh, I, I think I think I think you're right. I agree with you. It, almost Biden anybody is, has a better chance. It's very, than him. very weak. You can name 20 so Democrats, sure. literally name 20 Democrats who clearly have a better chance than him. And I'm going to repeat one more time. There's two things that could come back to uh, that, that that two places where his stock could get lower. One is your fave, the Hunter scandal, and the other is the war in Ukraine. Speaking of which, Mickey. Um, the border, wait, well, before we go to the segue, the border is heating up again. So, you know, we have Eric Adams. Okay, make uh, it housing, three, fine. Ha housing migrants in Central Park and every New York landmark that's empty and, uh, you know, um, luxury hotels closing down. So, uh, so uh, Eric Adams can, can send immigrants to live in them. Uh, 
That, 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 that's, you know, media central New York, and that, that's heating up, and that's three. I mean, plus okay, there are ahead. these global economy warning signs. People are worried about the Chinese yeah. economy having its Lehman Brothers moment. Uh, the Russian ruble is suddenly dropping. I mean, uh, and of course, people assume like that's a great thing, but, but, but all these things have uh, unclear consequences in a global economy. Uh, the point is that th there's, there's a number of things that are much more likely to get worse for him than better. Hunter scandal can only get worse. Um, I if think the, at right. this point, if, Ukraine if the much more likely goes, to get worse. If the, if the economy goes south, it's not, I don't see how, I mean, Gavin Newsom might have trouble saying, oh, that was just Joe Biden's economy. My economy is going to be much better. Right. I think it's probably going to be the Democrats' economy. The well, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, the incumbent has is tied more directly to all this stuff, I think. Now, yeah, and, and you know, one consequence of the Ukrainian offensive now, more or less officially having failed, I mean, even the U.S. government is kind of leaking its assessment. I say, failed. yeah, I haven't give up, given up on DeSantis, and I haven't given up on the Ukrainian offensive. Well, I would say they, they have about the same <laughs> likelihood of, uh, so anyway, and, you know, one consequence of that, remember, the hope had been, uh, I mean, as a political matter, Ukraine makes great gains in this offensive, and then they're in a strong bargaining position, you get a ceasefire, there's not a war going on when the election happens, that had been one plausible plan. Now, the offensive has apparently failed, and of course, you could, in theory, still strong arm Ukraine into accepting a ceasefire, but A, it wouldn't look quite as good, but B, apparently it's not going to happen. I mean, uh, everyone's talking like, wait, where's this line from the Wall Street Journal? Uh, quote, military strategists and policymakers across the West are already starting to think about next year's spring offensive. Oh, good. More, you know, <laughs> more uh, lower and middle income Ukrainian males uh, who lose either their lives or their limbs. I mean, that's that's all that's going on here. It, it's conceivable Russia could fold. But remember, if they both, if they both do another mobilization, Ukraine is already running out of people. Russia nowhere near it, and Russia's, you know, Russia is on a wartime footing. There was a story this week about how you know they're they're starting to crank out the drones, um, and 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 Ukraine has, has been taking. Big losses just this week. They, they what, what's happening in Battlefield now is they are apparently making this. Well, I think final effort to break through something that can be called a serious like defensive line, which they haven't done yet. It's in the uh, Robotna area, um, but they, you know, either Russia has gotten a lot better at circulating wartime videos in Ukraine. And that certainly is the way it used to be. Or Ukraine's losing a lot more armor. And there was a, in, uh, along another front, there was this uh, medium-sized uh, village, um, Staromyrska or something. Um, and uh, according to the Build, this German uh, periodical, um, you know, Ukraine took it finally, but they lost... Uh, 31 armored vehicles, including 23 armored personnel carriers that came from NATO countries. I mean, you just can't be taking these kinds of losses on a per, per village basis and get very much further than you already are. So but we're um, sending them F-16s, Bob. Well, that's that is definitely the new meme, right? From the blob is what happened is we failed to give them the weapons they needed. Well, we gave them a lot of weapons. Uh, and you can always, of course, more is always better. 
but uh, and and yes, some of these are qualitatively different kind of weapons. But remember, this was not even close. I mean, you know, if you uh, everyone expected better. Some people are trying to act as if, well, they sounded the cautionary notes. Michael Kaufman's doing a little of that. The fact is, Michael Kaufman said, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic as the offensive approach. He said, I'm getting more optimistic. He said, I think they'll definitely break through one of the main defensive lines. And the question is whether they get through the next one. You know, what has happened is way worse than almost anybody thought. But, uh, isn't anybody arguing that the F-16s will now turn the tide a bit? Oh, sure. And, 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 In other words, and it's, it's more, not over. And, and, they're going to have F-16s now, and they'll use the F-16s, and something good will happen. And the attackums, which, you know, extend the range of long-range missiles by 30 miles or something, and so there's on. Actually a, there's actually a weapon called the attackum? Well, the acronym, as it happens, is like <laughs> A-T-A-C-M or something. But the, right. um, uh, you know, right. look, in principle, but, but uh, and, and, you know, I got to say, one thing that I think, if you want to blame the U.S., really, uh, for something, when you think about it, one edge Ukraine should have had going into this, given the fact that we are like the world's tech leader, they should have had better drones. There should have been this kind of magic drone or something, right? I mean, like, remember the uh, the switchblade drones? Like, if they performed as advertised, I think they would be very effective. Apparently... I don't know. I, I don't think they're making them anymore. But but the point is, you would really expect that we would have had that nailed. And I suspect, if you ask, why didn't we have something that was qualitatively better than what they had and something that you can mass produce pretty readily, I think I would, I, I suspect that the way the military industrial complex works is, you know, the way they get the big bucks is they sell the Pentagon on these huge weapon systems, right? They want to sell them the next fighter plane. They want to sell them the next this, the next that. And uh, something relatively simple, like, you know, a really cheap but effective drone is just not the kind of thing we're good at. And now uh, Russia's got these Lancets that are apparently really good and, and some other drones. You know? I, I, well, I don't, understand it. I don't understand why Ukraine didn't send swarms and swarms of hundreds of drones attacking the Kremlin. Well, I mean, you got to get did, them to Russian like airspace. It's a long they said, way. But they said one or two and mm. half of them get shot down. And uh, I mean, they're doing what you get. It, it has to be that they don't want to be too effective because then they're, the problem with this war is you don't want to win too big because then Putin goes nuclear. So my alarm just went you're, off. You're I, the, of, I don't think that's a big fear on the Ukrainians' mind. I think they're all for escalation because that brings NATO in. big and fear on will we hope. give them hundreds of drones? Well, you got to remember, once they hit the crim, I mean, it's a long way to Moscow, first of all. You know, drones aren't like supersonic, you know, they're just kind of buzzing along in a lazy way. And Russia's got all these air defenses. And once they got hit once, they beefed up the air defenses. Um, uh, but they're doing what they, they can do. And uh, let's see, is there any good news? Oh, I want you want good news here. I'll play oh. you. This is, uh, now that was the alarm, so we got to go quickly. But I'll play you. This comes from Tommy Vitor. He does this podcast with uh, Ben Rhodes, formerly the Obama administration. He's a, yeah. He's a member of the blob, right? Well, they think they're not because Ben Rhodes coined the term the blob. Uh, and, and, and I think people think they're not. But the short answer to your question is yes. And I'm going to give you an example of why, Mickey. So this is Tommy uh, Vitor. 
on their podcast. A hodgepodge of updates from of Russia and Ukraine. So uh, military experts now believe that Ukrainian troops involved in the counteroffensive are making what they're describing as tactically significant progress. That translates to about like 10 or 12 miles of territorial gains, but ones that are forcing the Russians to redeploy. From other okay, places. so you know who those military experts are who said there are, quote, tactically significant gains? Um, I bet you can guess. The Think about for it. the study of war? You got it. You got Institute it. Institute for the study of war? The prestigious neocon propaganda front. Now, you'd think if you're actually They're, not a member of the blog, you'd know a neocon propaganda front when you saw one. But the funny thing is, the Institute for the Study of War, you know, neocon through and through, funded by the arms industry, uh, it, which has managed to make itself what all of the mainstream media in the U.S. considers an indispensable source of information. They did an amazing job of getting this meme out there. I mean, the Associated Press did a story whose lead was like tactically significant games, blah, blah, blah. And what's the, what's the point if it's obvious bullshit? And, it's just, and now everybody's well, that's what I'm realizing saying. it's bullshit. I, that's what I'm saying. It didn't happen. How, why do people continue to take this in? Like Tommy Vitor, I don't even know if he knows when he quoted that 10 to 12 miles number. I don't know if he realizes that's for the whole offensive. That's not a newsflash. That's like the last week was like uh, 500 yards. Okay. And how, how does... Yeah. How does this hurt Biden? I didn't say it hurts Biden. You, I just you, said, yes, your whole segue speaking was, of the your whole segue was that this is one of the things that could, along with uh, the economy crashing and uh, Hunter Biden, could 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 really damage Biden's chances. Oh yeah. Was Ukraine? No, the point is uh, how, to get back. I don't think to Americans that. care I mean, about Ukraine the, winning. They don't care about Ukraine losing. The point of care. that. The point of what I just said was that. Even the people who think they're not part of the blob uh, apparently don't even understand what the Institute for the Study of War is, which is mind-blowing. But, right, but, but the Biden I'm point, going back to your original the point. Biden point is there had been hope. You do this offensive, it works pretty well, you get peace with Russia, you get at least a ceasefire that lasts a year. That was the plan. And now that it's failed, Biden in principle could still pursue a ceasefire, but given the vibes coming out of D.C., no, no. Now the official line is our failure was to give them enough weapons. We're going to give them more weapons, and then there will be a spring offensive. Now, it's possible. Again, there could be some miracle weapon that shows up or something. It could be that, I mean, lots of things could happen. Uh, the, the, the regime could implode. The lines could break. Lots of things could happen. But it seems to me the most likely thing is that a year from now, this is going to be a bigger mess than ever. There's going to be little, if any, gains to show in the way of Ukraine, a lot more dead Ukrainians and a lot more American money having been spent. And I'm just saying all that makes Biden more vulnerable, not less. And, right. and three months ago, they were deal. hoping for a different scenario. A successful offensive might have had different political consequences. Right. But I just don't think the political consequences. I agree that if he could, if he could say, "I brought peace to Ukraine on honorable terms," uh, that would be a big plus. But absent that, I just don't think uh, what's going to happen is going to be a huge negative. The here's here's what I think might happen, which is he, he's going for this big new tranche of money for Ukraine. He's holding all sorts of other stuff hostage in it, like border money and things like that, and and uh, and disaster money. So he'll get, but but the tide is shifting against spending more in Ukraine pretty quickly. Uh, people are getting sick of it, so he gets less than he wants. He sends, you know, a few, you know, 
15 billion to Ukraine. Uh, they don't make any breakthroughs, but so the war just settles into a stalemate. You could have a stalemate where, where, where very few people are killed if neither side attacks, if they just both sit there. Um, if they that both be accept such a bad that it's a stalemate, yeah, like uh, during parts of World War One, that that can happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be my guess. So, so that's not that's not that damaging. But you just forget it. They're they're in a stalemate. Forget those guys. Well, yeah, I just think Biden was hoping for what. Think about been, electric vehicles and all the wonderful things Biden is bringing to us. There is that, you know. Uh, yeah, there is that. Um, so anyway, that was the alarm, which means we got to head to the uh, parrot room. Okay. Um, okay. Well, so. Uh, I'm going to talk about in the parrot room these uh, war games ab uh, about uh, war with China over Taiwan. They were actually conducted a few months ago, but uh, I'm going to talk about them now. Um, do, we, the, uh, do we lose as we usually do? It's complicated. Uh, no spoilers. I, okay. I would say okay. on balance, it's it's alarming. Uh, the story is, I mean, supposedly. You know, the ones they do that the Pentagon does are confidential, but there was a quote from some guy some time ago who was privy to them, uh, who said something like, you know, no matter how many times we do this, we keep getting our asses handed to us. Um, there is a, the point that I think Jim Fallows made, or somebody. If you're China you, you, and you have this big army you've built up, uh, you know, but they're untested in battle, you don't have the first test in battle be the invasion of Taiwan because <laughs> they're going to be inevitable fuck-ups. If they fuck up in the invasion of Taiwan, you've lost your main objective. You want to start a bunch of small wars with neighboring countries where you figure out what works and what doesn't, then you invade Taiwan. Unfortunately, doing... unfortunately, most of the neighboring countries are, 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 are well, some of them are actual formal, ally, formal allies of the U.S., but... Um, on the other hand, the U.S. Uh, hasn't fought a war like this would be in, in quite some time either. Um, so anyway, Sam Bankman-Fried back in jail. Uh, I don't know, did that happen a week ago or whatever? But we haven't talked about it. He's back in jail. Right. Uh, your claim that uh, $20 million of Ukrainian money was funneled to Hunter's family has, has come under question. May have may have been only seven million. So so you know, hey, what's the big deal? It's just seven no, million. Seven million, yeah. Seven twenty. Um no, I agree. We don't uh, anyway, we'll talk about that. Um uh and um we there, there's a whole bunch of hunter stuff that happened, not nothing earth shaking, but there were like four or five little things that happened, uh -huh. including Joe Biden's use of a pseudonym to communicate with him. Uh and mm -hmm. not even a creative pseudonym like Erectelecto. Or big guy it wasn't big guy. Was I think it? it was Robert Peters, Robert Big Guy Peters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that was his Twitter handle. Uh, there's a, uh, um, there's the uh, Jew face scandal involving the biopic of Leonard Bernstein. Always mm -hmm. fun. That's J E W. Uh, I made a reference to that in the opening, but you obviously didn't get it. I totally so didn't. I'm, I, said I'm that, out I said that Judge Hoffman did not look like Bradley Cooper in in uh, in this Leonard Bernstein bio. I've been this week has been tough for me. I've been kind of out of it. Normally, as you know, I'm completely on there, top of all developments. It's been tough for me and political. Um, there's a there's a new populist anthem that's sweeping America. Mm. There's uh, try that in a small uh, town. No. Newer, newer than that? No, it's newer than that. Uh, there's uh, uh, 
uh, if you're really good, Bob, the parrot may try to sing it. Uh, Brady, there's a guy named Brady Westwater who is a colorful L.A. character who passed away. I have a few things to say about him. There's a, we had talked briefly about EVs. There's a very depressing pieces about what the future progress of EVs is going to be like. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other things. Bad, bad news for Romney, bad news for Cruz. Should we have voted for Perot? Uh, San Diego has a, uh, an interesting and apparently successful anti-homeless policy backed by what former UCLA and NBA star? I'll let you guess that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Uh, no. But you mm. only got two more choices and you'll get it. Um, UCLA uh, and uh, shit. Oh, well, let's get that in the parrot room, Bob. Um, uh, and uh, news about Twitter and threads. Uh, great Bill anecdote Walton? from Marty Paris's book. Bill Walton? Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, any and, you, and, you, and you choosing to go. Well, I'm, I'll say this for the parrot room. It, 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 you're, you're, you know, it's you're partying. Your partying plans are really subject to uh, scrutiny, I think. Let me just say I, that. Leon Wieselter has a, apparently there's a phrase in Yiddish, he dances at all the weddings. Uh-huh. And that's for you. For like a guy who just goes to every party, that's me. That's you. Well, let me just tell you what my principle is, guilty. Mickey. I would never go to a book party for someone who didn't mention me in the book, okay? She did mention you. There's two nice sentences about you in the book. In whose book? It's two more that... That's two more than are about me. In Marty's book? Yes. Oh, shit. I'm there. Fuck. I already RSVP'd. No, I'm there. I've now, re I've Hold now everything. read everything. I'm flying in <laughs> from an exotic island. It's, it's a lot of fun. You should read it. it, I, thought it you told me, as, I thought you told me I wasn't in it. You're not in the index. You're in the book. Or the index put me is in wrong. the index? Those fuckers. No. Wait. And now you're not going. Okay. Uh, there's a great anecdote in it, which I will spoil for everybody by telling it in the parrot room. Uh, I and gotta find a way to get I don't to know, this party. Do we, do we mm -hmm. have anything to say about the election result in Argentina? You may. It's not the final result yet. I don't you think may. I... I have nothing to uh, say. One more thing. I'm going to um, talk... I'm going to talk about AI, including an, an important piece about AI in, in foreign affairs by Ian Brimmer and Mustafa Suleiman. Do you know who Mustafa okay. Suleiman is? If you're so, if you're so conversant and everything, Mickey. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, in fact, I didn't even. I was so busy preparing the parrot, I didn't even hear what your entire last paragraph was. Anyway, he's he's. Well, uh, already get in the parrot room. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. Okay. So, um, who is Mustafa Suleiman? Now I'm, uh, I'm, he, I'm eager. He was a co-founder of DeepMind, which is now Google's big. Uh, uh, Google bought it. Now it's where Google's AI action is. And he's uh, now CEO of this Inflection, which is one of the biggest uh, AI startups. Um, but anyway, the piece in foreign affairs is what I want to mention, which I also write about in the, uh, today's non-zero newsletter, which people- And you have a, and your, your next book is going to be about that, right? AI, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. That's a fluid situation. Very fluid. Okay. I was on tenor hooks. Okay. Um, All righty. So we'll uh, see. Uh, Patreon, uh, parrotroom.com slash Patreon is where you'll hear all of this and yeah. more.
I've been selling my soul. Very and and more of that too. You'll, you'll find out what that's all about.